Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7 as spring practice is underway. Now, we're in the boring part right now with t-shirts and shorts practices, or excuse me, the jersey top shorts practices with just helmets. They'll get a few workouts in before spring break, go on spring break, and then, guys, it'll be padded practices all the way to spring game for 13th. It got here fast. I got a feeling it's going to go by fast, and we'll talk about it a bit. Uh, we'll, we'll spend today's show talking about spring practice. Uh, I am Jeff Howe, a little under the weather, but what the hell? Let's go ahead and Power get it done. It. Anyway, Power through. Uh, let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Good. And uh, our the third member of our team, he is the Renaissance Man here on Longhorn Blitz. The Renaissance Man at 1049 The Horn, where you hear him each and every day on the Rodcast 1-3. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinals for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. When the T-ring gets in, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, dare I say, a black card member. Number 21 in your program. Number one in your hearts mr rod babers and rod i know uh you're a busy man you don't have a lot of time to get down to the 40 as much time as you'd like exactly but good reason for you to get back to the 40 now as tom herman said following the first spring practice on monday nathan vasher is back in the family yeah he is a volunteer coach nasty nate nasty nate yeah uh yeah congrats we we had uh, last time i saw nate we were talking about him getting back texas because he was living up in chicago and i think his family still is up there like his family um his kid and his wife but I know he wanted to get back. He was just kind of looking for a reason to get back. So I know he's a volunteer coach now, but hopefully, uh, at least I know that he's trying to turn that into something a little bit more, whether it be at the high school level or, you know, starting off at college level. I know he's trying to make the move back to Why wouldn't he? He gets more love here. I know he's done a lot up there, but, you know, with the Bears and being a great player, but here on the 40 acres and even in the state of Texas, he'll get more love here than he'll get up there. Yeah, I like the fact that he's going back there because the last time we talked to him on the show, he was immediately talking about how Bianco needs to pick the record book because he doesn't have an interception that he credited at one point. <laughs> oh, that so gives now, him the record? Yeah, so now Nate is actually <laughs> is inside, so I would like to follow up and see if he ever spoke with Bianco. Would that one interception give him the record, or was that he was saying now would, it give him, want, would it give him eight? Would it give him 18? Would it give him He was saying that record? he was discredited one, and uh, then we okay. went to go find out if it was in a bowl game because at one time right. there was bowl game stats that weren't involved. It could be because I, I have went back and looked at stats in games that I played in, the yeah, stats are wrong. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like somebody, like just, said no. somebody just marked it wrong, marked the fumble recovery wrong or something like that with the wrong guy. It happens all the time. Right. CB, it go does. listen to our yeah. interview. <laughs> if anybody I'll will. I'll go back. I literally. Through it. My man CB will. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's on the Vasher. I'll go listen no, back no, no, and no, find out it. exactly. It's pretty I'm, gl- I'm glad he's back in town. I'm sure he's got a great personnel. You know he knows football. So uh, somebody's going to be smart enough to, if Texas won't do it, and Texas probably is smart enough to do it, they're going to bring him on their staff as a, you know, it's some type of role, whatever. Yeah, work him in somewhere. Somewhere, just some Quality type control of control. <laughs> whatever you can do. Put him in the recruiting department. Make him whatever. watch. I don't know. You know I, in some whatever. capacity, I assume this is the beginning of that. But if it's not with Texas, it'll be with somebody, and it's probably be Texas helping him get that role somewhere else mm-hmm. if they can't give it to him on the forty. Right. So a guy. So who, good for him. Uh, you know, from the state of Texas, played at Texas <laughs> High under uh, the legendary Barry Norton. Then uh, was an All American. I Rod. I think. I don't want. I know we got a lot to talk about today, but I, I think it, it gets lost on people. Because we are a pretty good ways removed from his career. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's lost how, good, how good Nathan Vasher was. Hey, dude, people forget how good he is. I mean, I, I got him on my Mount Rushmore. When I had him on my Mount Rushmore years ago, people were like, ah, I don't know about them. I'm like, man, y'all just don't remember how good he was. No, but, I, don't, I mean, I, since I, he was an All American at cornerback and at safety, and he was that good. And a return man. And See, a return man. I mean, he, he was. Him and Ramones were in their own class of players. Like, there was sort of an offensive and defensive play, not on specific skill set, but just 
almost as if they looked the most unique on the field because of the way they moved, how quickly they could move, and then how fast. Like, they had about as quick twitch of skills on both sides of the ball of any other player during the Mac era. Yeah, I don't think, um, I think in this day and age, I think even Nathan Vash will be more be valued even more. Yeah. Right. A guy like his skill set. <laughs> and Ramones. It was all, and Ramones too. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it was like, yeah, like he was kind of before his time there in terms of his multiplicity in his skill set. He was, he, I think he's, I still think he's the greatest punt returner in Texas football history. A lot of people yeah. will disagree with that oh, too. I agree. He was, I know he was Shipley's the Texas in there Dion. and Eric Metcalf's in there, but that dude was a he freak. He had flashes man. of prime time. Like he yeah. literally, when he had the ball in his hands, you thought he might house it every single every time. Every single time. And that's the one thing, like when you make your peers look insignificant, like compared to you, you were on your own playing field. And that that's a really elite thing to be able to say on those mid 2000 and early 2000 teams. Punt return records. But he's up. Rod, I don't know if you've gone through and like ranked the guys you played with in the secondary because you played, you know, Quint Jammer and you played with Michael Huff and Cedric Griffin and guys that were, yeah. you know, Thorpe Award winners and first round draft picks and all Americans. Was Nathan Vasher probably the best, most talented um, teammate you ever played with in the secondary? Oh man, Huff Daddy's probably Huff Daddy's probably top. Man, yeah. See all those guys though, all those guys played safety and corner. Think about that. Right. You know what I mean? Like Quentin Jammer started out as a safety, but he was big, so they moved in the corner. Uh Huff Daddy was basically a corner they decided to put at safety because they wanted him to be a, a guy that could move down and cover the slot and also play nickel for you. And then Nathan Vasher also played nickel, played every, both safeties, I mean, played corner. I mean, you know, like that. Th- those three guys to me were I don't think I've ever played with even at the NFL level, man, it's I don't know if I played with more talented guys in the secondary than those three. I got, I mean, well, I take that back because I was on the Denver Broncos, Champ Bailey, yeah, Champ Bailey, yeah, yeah. Vasher. Was, yeah. When you type in <laughs> Vasher, think, yeah, if you search Vasher in the individual records for special teams, he has 18 on the page. So like he's right? time, he's career leader in return yards and in punt return yards. In this, yeah, is that punt return yards? Punt returns. Okay, he's career- that's what I thought. I thought I'm telling you, he's a people like Eric Metcalf. I'm like, man, he was better than Eric Metcalf, and I. I love Eric Metcalf, but Vasher was nasty. Nate was better as a punt returner. You don't appreciate how cold he was, man. I agree. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Now you got me thinking about the NFL and guys I played with in the league were really, really good. Did you play? You spent time in Tampa with Rondé Barber. I bet, yeah, Rondé Barber is up there. Yeah, no, you're right. I guess uh, in, in the league, I can't say that. They're definitely in the top. Uh, five to seven guys I played with overall in my career. I don't know if I played with that many great secondary guys. But you're right. Rundae Barr was in that conversation. Chan Bailey, of course, is a Hall of Famer, will be a Hall of Famer. In, in Chicago, in Chicago, in Chicago Cedric with, Tillman. Yeah. Yeah, he was up there. The old Peanut Tillman. Peanut Tillman's yeah. in that conversation in Chicago. Yeah, there you go. Oddly, when you look at the kicker. But I still don't know if they, those guys were as versatile. Right. Chan yeah. Bailey was. But I don't know. And, you know, Rundae Barber, I think Rundae Barber probably got some snaps at safety too and probably could have played safety. Mm-hmm. But honestly, man, you go back to his college days. Chad Bailey played wide receiver. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And Quinn James, the versatility was something that I always marveled at because I didn't have that kind of that. uh, That's something you need to do, Rod. Your personal DB rankings of guys guys that actually played with, like a top ten or top five or whatever. That would be pretty good. That's that's some good. We're we're getting we're we're not that far away from those dead days in the off season where lists like that'll work. So it's not a bad list. I appreciate that. that Um, Content. And then any list you can come up where you can put Rex. Grossman and Joey Harrington on it. I'll uh, I'll put my stuff. Quarterbacks. <laughs> I did not play with great quarterbacks. You did not. Sir, sir, hey, sir. you got out before Osweiler got there. Man. Think about it. yeah. That's that's one of the things that was bad about my career. Who would have been your Giants quarterback? Never played playoff with playoff team. When you were at the Giants, who would that have been? Kerry Collins. Yeah, it was uh, Kerry Collins Kurt back Warner then. In the Remember, we had uh oh man, what is his name? I can't, I forget his name now. Jess Palmer. Uh, yeah, the Bachelor. Jesse Palmer was there. Yeah, that's when you leave Sims to go to college from. Yeah. College to the pros, and then the real bachelor. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mike, yeah, Mike like McMahon in Detroit. Yeah, he was he was pretty good actually. He was he was a damn good quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And Joey Harrington. Yeah, I never I never was around elite quarterback. That was, that was probably, that probably why, coincides why you were on bad teams. I was it wasn't your fault. I mean, that's very simple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to talk DBs when we start the spring football discussion, but let's lead into it with this. Brett McMurphy posted some win totals, um, and you know, based on the the work memo I got, I don't believe I'm allowed to announce where the win totals came from. But nevertheless, we'll look at them anyway. Texas guy, and you can look down at some of them. It's always fun to look at win totals like Alabama's at eleven. Uh, you know, let's see, see some other ones. Clemson at eleven. Are Georgia, they from the uh, bet on Georgia ten and a half? Those are your words, not mine. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> those are your words, not mine. LSU at nine, Michigan nine and a half. So there's you can go to Brett McMurphy's Twitter has some. I guess it's the top tier programs. I have them. Got listed. 
Texas guys at nine and a half, nine and a half win total being thrown out of Texas. So my question to you guys is, Matt Rod, if I gave you five thousand dollars and said go to Easy. Vegas, put it on an over Easy. or the Easy. under, Easy. where are you going right now over. as we sit here on March twelfth, over two thousand nineteen? You're going with over. the over, Rod. Man, that's so easy. That's easy money. That's easy money. I'm sorry, it's easy money. Is it? It's easy money, man. It's okay. easy money, Matt. Where even, even if you take into account losses early on in the year, which I think because something in the DNA of the Tom Herman teams early on here, they have losses early on in the season. And throw in one of them, throwing in OU loss. I still think you'll get the ten. Yeah, those are Matt, my two losses. Matt, you going you going over or under? I'm looking I'm at the road at 10. games. I'm going over. That's I'm with you, Matt. Road schedule has me concerned. Well, just what, because you, you don't normally start off against season against an SEC team, a team like LSU. So like that's, that's why I say to, I'll throw in maybe that's a loss. Okay, so that NOU one of those is a loss, and then you okay. have road games at West Virginia and who eh, the, exactly. Yeah. And there you go, Baylor. Baylor. Come on, man. No, I mean, I mean, that's the right line. I think. I think, I think I, that you go and put it on somebody else, not on Texas. That's a tough betting line, just because of the non-conference. But that's I, if I'm advising betters. If I, I, I had to choose a side, I, I would take over. I think, well, I think in the Big Twelve right now, Texas is a ten-win team. I think they are, and I got. I a do loss. too. I got a, that's with a loss to OU, which we can you can split that 50-50 because last year they beat OU in the regular season, and I'll go with a, a regular a regular season loss in the non-conference. Say that's an LSU loss. I mean, that ain't no guarantee. But that's why I'm saying it's a so good line. I become ira- it is a good line. Yeah. I become ira- put you. That still puts me at ten. <laughs> I become irrationally confident. Half. Oh, huh? half and half. Well, I don't yeah, need yeah. the half because the Big Twelve <laughs> got no returning uh, starting quarterbacks that are better than Sam Ellinger, I'm, and that's yeah. how you determine who's good in the Big Twelve year after year. It's returning starting quarterbacks who are really good. Now, Kyler Murray is making an exception. Like, he, he's kind of yeah. He kind of. And I thought people who didn't take OU seriously last year were kidding themselves because that was a plug and play deal. We yeah. OU's the only conf- only team in the conference, and they've dominated conference for the most part. But they've been able to win with insert quarterback here, quarterbacks. All yeah. right, they've had well, how many? Twelve Big Twelve titles with like uh, eight quarterbacks, different quarterbacks, whatever it is. Then, yeah. <laughs> Other than Bradford, it's been a new one every it's time. Been, well, and, and Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield, yeah, yeah. Bradford and Baker Mayfield has been a different yeah, one. Yeah, we uh, get a top pick. I've become irrationally confident, yeah. Rod, with, with with the OU game the last few years because we saw Charlie's teams even had success in that game. Should have won exactly. a couple of those. You know, Tom Herman coach competitively in that OU game won the regular season meeting last year so and, and you know I, I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback is he you know Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray transcendent I don't personally think so but until Lincoln Riley proves otherwise he's got Lincoln you know, you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt I look at the schedule I mean look you go to TCU and uh, TCU might be the biggest wild card in the conference because I have no idea what the hell that roster is going to look like I have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback but again we talk about giving the benefit of the doubt it's Gary Patterson he went to a bowl game last year Rob that team had no business being bowl eligible last year no they were bad Team. With the injuries they had, and that really, yeah. I mean, Todd Orlando broke Sean Robinson. Like, remember how good Sean mm-hmm. Robinson looked against Ohio State, and we were going into that game thinking, "Oh man, he's good." But you know, knowing Sean Robinson's background a little bit, I'm like, "Hey, he's pretty careless with the ball." And Todd Orlando just ate, that defense ate him alive last he year, did. and he was never the same. So I don't know what TCU is going to look like. Iowa State, you'd say, "Okay, that game probably concerns you being at home later in the year." It's Brock Matt Purdy. Campbell. They're, they'll probably figure it out with Brock Purdy, but you lose Dave Montgomery, you lose Hakeem, Hakeem Butler. Butler. We'll see what that defense looks like. No. Brian Peavy anymore. Uh, they've got lost. They've, it, it's like it's not like you're talking about you know a school like Texas or LSU or Alabama or Ohio State where you figure okay you've got enough recruiting classes you, you should reload. replenish the depth. No, right, you're you're Iowa, Iowa State. State. <laughs> Honestly, Matt, we talk about road schedule. Mm-hmm. Their toughest road game. I don't think there's any question. I think it's November 23rd at Baylor. I think that is their toughest road game. That or Baylor will be a your, tough road game. You're talking at West Virginia game, which is just because you have to go all the way to the East Coast yeah. and, and it's so much further. Yeah, but away. I know. No, I mean I agree. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree. The West Virginia are is an the, orthodox, you know, game just randomly because of what yeah. you, you know, what you got to go through. But I, I'm a Jeff. I don't, I don't fear the road games this year. I, mean, no, I don't I, either. And I don't that's where I like games. it. The one main thing is, is when you look at the juice, though, which side that's paying right now? It's minus one forty five Texas to go over plus one twenty five. So you're giving a seventy percent to the field. If you're putting down a hundred, you're put down one hundred forty five to win a hundred. If you're putting down a hundred, you end up winning one hundred twenty five. So you're talking about a seventy percent difference. If you're only putting down 100 on the front end to take to go over, you're getting paid back about 70 bucks. If you go under, it's 100 pays out 125. So they're definitely favored big time to go over. That's why if it ever were to drop down to nine, would be good. But at 10, then you can get a better payout if it were to go up. But yeah, that's a, a good line right now. And only teams expected to also go over more so. Oklahoma's at a minus 160. And then you have Georgia, Penn State, Michigan, Mississippi State, and A&M. So out of all the bets in all the college football world, Texas 
is favored to go over almost more than anybody. Rod, I, th- I think this, if you're taking the over or the under, this goes more to your point where you talk about Texas losing one of those games they have no business losing. And Tom Herman, even you go back to Houston, they have a couple of those losses. Yeah, yeah, how the hell they, they do that? Maybe, uh, maybe. And, and going back to Matt's point, like at West Virginia, after you play Oklahoma State at home, which I think Oklahoma State's going to be improved from what they were last year, even losing Justice Hill and some of the losses yeah. they had. Uh, they lose the quarterback? Taylor Cornelius, yeah, but Spencer Sanders is the guy that they've been waiting He's, kind of for him to got three to weeks of air guy. raid in a row. Oklahoma State at West Virginia and Oklahoma. Well, oh, oh, no, West, West Virginia's, Virginia's not, not air raid anymore. anymore. Oh. Dana Hogan's gone. True. Yeah, that, I totally yeah. forgot. That's the beauty of Connor Lando. I literally Orlando. forgot that Connor he left Lando's to Houston. situation yeah. is his weakness has always been the air raid, and yet now the Big 12 is now devolving out right. of the air raid. Because they're it's going to bigger three, jobs. There's only three air raid coaches based on the air raid systems. That's TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State's kind of, and eh, they're on the cusp of an air raid, but not really air raid air raid like it. Makes it easier West Virginia game. So no Hogerson. Air Raid's leaving the Big 12. That's good for Todd Orlando right. and the defense. But I think mm-hmm. it's just going to show has this program matured and evolved to where you don't go, you don't play Oklahoma State before you play Oklahoma. Go lose a road game to West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia <laughs> team that you probably should beat because you, be. you look at their roster, they're they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback with Austin Kendall. New and, system. Everything. You know, Neil Brown. Yeah, Neil Brown's got to yeah. bring in that new system. So they're having kind of a culture change there. Uh, you know, Kansas at home again. TCU's one of the wild cards in this league. I have no idea what they're going to look like. Yeah, you got a lot of regime changes right yeah. there on the road, so you should be able to handle that. K State at home, that's another regime another change. Another regime change. You know what I mean? Like that that's But be- I don't that's one that I don't know that they'll look drastically all that different than they have the last uh, few years. I agree, but still, man, you're losing yeah, you- arguably the greatest college football <laughs> coach of all time. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, my point is I'm not I mean the Big Twelve schedule is not I'm not afraid of it this year. Like it, I really have no fear of it. And usually I got a fear of, oh man, this game or that game. It's one of the rare years where uh, I don't really fear there's nothing to fear on this Big Twelve. It's schedule. not fear, it's no? just do you have faith that Tom Herman as a coach and this program have gotten over that hump to where they don't go like last year you go lose and still water a game that really you true. had no business the losing. Maryland game at the beginning of the year right. but I would say that the growth of the Tom Herman's at least in, in my opinion the, the number one example of the growth of Tom Herman's teams the last two years in each of those last two years has been the last game of the season right. like that that, that Ala, uh, sorry, the Texas Bowl was big because they were missing a lot of their stars right mm-hmm. a lot of the guys who were NFL guys that was a preview to the next year for that team. I mean, they had Puno on there. It turns out Puno was a force of nature. <laughs> who didn't even NFL didn't even see coming, by the way. Um, but that 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 showed a lot about Tom Herman and the progress and the culture setting in and the buy-in from the players who are going to be there next year. And the same thing this year when you beat Georgia. All right, you beat uh, one of the best teams in the country. Some people said they were one of the top four teams in the country, and you beat them at playing their style of football in the trenches by overwhelming them with defensive line depth. So I, I have no reason not to buy in. Like why. Why would I accept? Why would I go into the season going, well, man, I know they're gonna lose another one early <laughs> on in the season. Yeah, they, yeah, but that was his first two years with the team. This is the first time where most of the team are his guys. Yeah, I don't even have to get these guys to buy in. You know, all the work that I put in getting trying to get the leaders of the team to buy in the first two years, trying to get Malik Jefferson to buy in and Connor Williams to buy in and Deshaun, trying to get all the best players to buy in. I don't have to do that anymore. The best players on the team, they're already bought in. They're my guys. They I recruited me. them. I think that puts you not on the fast track, but I think there are a lot of things that you had to address in the offseason last two years because they most of those guys weren't your guys, but now you don't have to do that. Right. The culture is already set in. It's going to start manifesting itself because you already put the work in. The seeds have already been have already been planted. That's that's kind of how I feel. You know what I mean? No. So that's why I would be op- more optimistic going into the season than pessimistic. Yeah, I lost to OU. I mean, they're not they're gonna, not going to be perfect. Lost to OU. Lost, another loss thrown in there, but man, you can't tell me you see any any guaranteed losses on the schedule no, like we've don't. seen the last I, I don't. seven, eight years going, oh, that's a loss. Oh, th- that is definitely Not a loss. Not like, like a Lubbock, Manhattan. Those were the type you know what I mean? like, they were like, oh, man, up. that's going to be a lot. It's like the, the conference has changed so much yeah. and Texas has changed so much in the last two years. It, to me, again, it's just do you have faith that this program has matured to where they don't have one of those types exactly. of losses to worry about? And I got, the, I got the faith. And Robbie, if you're betting Robbie it, if you're giving the them one of those losses, you still He's, can get the over if you only lose one other, one to LSU and OU and then one unexpected loss. And the faith to me comes from Sam Ellinger, number one, having your quarterbacks. So, first time we having a spring football where we're not mm. uh, uh, having anxiety about the quarterback position. It's been 10 years since we've had that kind of feeling. And number two, like I said, from what I've seen, the team, the best game of the season for the Longhorns the last two years has been the last game of the season. I don't, I can't remember football programs that have that kind. Of, I mean, you can say that, hmm. like, definitively. Oh, no, their best the, games are the last game. 04 and 05, Texas. That's you know about what I mean? It. The <laughs> games, exactly, right? It's, the games they've yeah. lost, Rod, the last 08. Two. You Texas, gotta win 
championship. Yeah. The games Tom Herman has lost, really good teams. You look at it and say, man, they had no business losing that game. The two Maryland games, the no, Texas Tech game two years ago, yeah. uh, the, the Oklahoma okay. State Oklahoma game last State year. Game. It's almost like Texas went into those games confident to the point where it was overconfident and it bordered on arrogant. Coaching staff too? I think so. And that's where Texas had loitered in for two decades barring a few yeah. on the front end or back end. You know, that's been the heaviest criticism like until Max teams overcame that but like they would, you would say at time that they were a team that they look great on paper they go in and show up but then they get hit in the mouth and it's not the, the same. The reason one of the reasons why Tom Herman has been so good in big games like you look at the Oklahoma game last year is specific that Georgia game where Texas has been really good when they've looked really good like a contender it's because from the top down there's been the mindset of this is who we are this is who we're going to be and this is the plan we're going to have to get where we want to be yeah very focused very 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 rooted in physicality and when we've seen them get away from that like the Texas Tech game two years ago where you know yeah we don't need to go through a hard practice on Monday or Tuesday no you need to do that because that, that's who you are yeah. that's who you've trained to be why would you deviate from that and when we've seen them stick to the plan stick to who they are stick to what this culture has said from day one this is who they're going to be they've been fine and they've competed they and they've done well uh, this past season i think they did that before, before the, the maryland game it was before like it was before yeah before the maryland game they did because i was there to see that but then they did it again remember todd orlando brought it up again during the year like no no, no we're gonna make sure we get back to tackling it was during the mm-hmm. air raid i think it run. was i think it was going into the tech game so that would have been like oklahoma state west virginia where you had some issues that okay yeah because yeah. i mean missed tackles was a big thing like no no we're gonna get back to um, hitting hard in practice even though we have injury issues we're gonna get back to hitting in practice mm-hmm. we have to have that if we're not we're gonna go into the game we're gonna miss tackles and we're gonna be really really incompetent in that phase of the game but you're getting to the point and this is when when Tom Herman took the job <laughs> and I started talking to people that have been around Tom Herman and know him and know kind of what he's about uh, even though you know they probably aren't on speaking terms or whatever there's been some bad blood there you know what Tom Herman learned from Urban Meyer is that physicality if you're gonna be a physical football team that's who you have to be all the time and Tom Herman tried to do that at U of H and did it successfully but we saw at U of H you don't have the depth to be able to carry that throughout the whole season we saw that Rod some of Bill Snyder's K-State teams that's why at the end of the year they lost some juice because it's hard when you don't have Mm -hmm. that depth to maintain that all the way through at Texas if you're recruiting the way you should be able to recruit and Tom Herman's proven that with back-to-back top three recruiting classes if you're recruiting at the level where you should depth shouldn't be a problem exactly you're afforded that luxury that you can get enough good players that you can withstand those injuries and that's where you know the shell of teams sort of like when you haven't built your program more to where you want to be or if you necessarily have fallen off on that evaluation that's where Herman seems to be hitting that prime point right now time for our first break on the show but there's plenty of Texas spring football talk when we come back so do not go anywhere you're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com once again, Jeff Howe. When you start looking at this team, Rod, in 2019, the first spring practice, I watched the defense, the entire viewing window that the media had. I didn't hardly watch any offense, just enough to see kind of who physically looks good. And mm-hmm. we're supposed to get another uh, viewing window at some point here pretty soon. So I'll be watching more offense that time. But the move that stuck out to me, and we'll go back to the secondary, is for the first spring practice, the first snap of pursuit drill, which is during the viewing window we get. It's the only time we see all starting 11 on defense together. Yeah. BJ Foster's your starting nickelback. He Inner spring is the number hey. one nickel ahead of Josh Thompson. Nice. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it makes sense from this standpoint. <laughs> in the nickel position, you can keep him closer to the line of scrimmage, which mm-hmm. you, he's a box player. You want him in the box on the Yeah, I agree with that. And also, I mean, the fact of the matter is he's just a more instinctual player than Josh Thompson from what I've seen. And you want a guy that can use his instincts at that position. He was great last year. He's a natural blitzer. Like, he really – he right. just and that, you don't teach that, really. That, they, they didn't have enough time to teach him that. I mean, maybe in high school somebody did really well teach him out of blitz I didn't watch enough of his high school film to be able to diagnose that but he's a natural in terms of the timing um, and being, being able to kind of uh, kind of sift his way through the traffic there he's really really good um, I like him at the nickel because you can use the nickel in so many different ways man like I you know you can drop that guy into coverage hmm. you can you can blitz him you can blitz him late you can bring him down to box as a linebacker um, hell man you can end up shifting him as a safety um, but I still stand by my you know my premise 
time is that all three of those guys, you know, I think Caden Stearns, uh, I put BJ Foster in there, and, you know, I throw Anthony Cook in there. I think you need to be working all three of those guys at nickel. And they all need to get reps at nickel. At, and so you have, you're prepared either to play them there in case there's an injury, knock on wood, or if all three of those guys are on the field, imagine how you can confuse the offense mm-hmm. when the offense gets a chance to see on film all three of those guys playing different positions in the secondary. To me, like that's, and that's what's, that's, that's what's demanding value right now in the NFL at the next level anyway. I mean, that's why Honey Badger's getting paid 14 mil a year now. It's because he's the most versatile weapon in the NFL. And say what you want about Landon Collins, but he's really versatile the way they use him, man. And I think they're going to use him even more. Um, so I, I, I think for, if you're looking at Todd Orlando and how he can maximize those guys, that's how you do it, man. These guys are phenoms. I mean, they're prodigies. Yeah. yeah. And think about, you're saying right there with the ability to all play different positions and how quickly, you know, we talk about confusing the quarterback, but really now think about the numbers behind it. If you have three guys that can play three different positions, well, three times three is nine, but then if you have safeties that also can then flip and show you different looks and you have this multiplicity of the ability to play mm-hmm. them, you're talking about an exponential amount of possibilities there oh, that yeah. have to be going through the mind yeah. of the quarterback during that play, knowing that they're Come all on, actual options. Mm-hmm. And that isn't something that you see in college football. Exactly. Like you can see that in the NFL, <laughs> but they're very niched players usually when you're talking, especially big 12 defensive players. So getting these guys and then when you end up sending a guy like Foster, who just seems like his temperament and body type, maybe one that's more inclined to survive closest to the football and he embraces physicality. And then if he has mm-hmm. the IQ to do that, and you're talking about earlier, a guy that's able, like we, it, it came up when I thought about it when we were talking about Vasher and Ramones, but it's different. But Caden mm-hmm. Stearns looks different on the field than the rest in the way he he that he different. has closing speed. Now, yeah. he's more of a hulking, massive safety back there in context to what you think of in elegance or the, the quickness that we were talking with Vasher or with Ramones. But when you somehow can close and have speed like that, that's as they're more fast compact. as anybody. They're more compact than Caden. Caden's yeah. more, he's, he's more long and rangy out there. Which so. is almost better for the modern. Yeah, so he does. It, 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 but it doesn't crazy. take him long to get to full speed. But he, yeah, Vasher, I agree. He had a different it's burst. Like if it Earl Thomas almost, was in a 6'2 body is what Stearns can that's close. That's what it, it almost seems like. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, why you compare it to Earl a lot. So when yeah. you think of all those options, just if those four guys can play four different positions, that's 16. Add in five well, nickelbacks. Then, but then based on matchups, then you yeah. can, you know, that's why you can outmaneuver the offense, right? It's like, all right, we know with this matchup, they got a really dynamic slot receiver. P.J. Foster's good, but he ain't that good. Yeah. All right, you know what? We're going to take advantage co- of Anthony this. Anthony Cook, I know you, you're really, you're our best cover man. Yeah. Can you cover the slot this week and cover their best wide receiver that they put in the slot? All right, cool. But, and then you still have the depth to be able to, uh, you know, put other guys on the outside and to be able to move your, your chess pieces around so that you get the, you know, the, the, the natural advantage or the X's and O's advantage. So I think, I think you'd be doing a disservice to the defense and to those young men if you don't play all three of them at multiple positions. Which is why it helps to have a veteran guy like Chris Brown in there that you can put in at safety to give you, to let you move let the you move around. around, let yeah, you exactly move right. Foster around. Yeah. And it's also why, Rod, when you look at the corner position, you know, you I, I know everybody's yeah. excited about Jalen Green and Anthony Cook, and, and I, from everything I've heard the staff is, you look at Jalen Green, and I'm like, wow, that's when they build a first-round draft pick at corner, that's what they're supposed that's to look like. supposed to look like. <laughs> but don't sell short the development of Kobe Boyce and Kobe Boyce coming along, and if Kobe Boyce can be a starting caliber player, that's when you can put Anthony, Anthony Cook, Cook in, in the, the nickel. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. No, no, 100%. Actually, you could argue the development of those guys is even more crucial because you know the trajectory of these other guys. If you want to actually have that plan of multiplicity and having multiple guys be able to play different positions, then you got to have depth. you got to have a ton right. of depth. And this is a yeah. secondary, again, keep in mind, that doesn't have Brandon Jones right now because he's on the shelf. Blessing in Recovering from ankle surgery. And we're not even talking about getting Tyler Owens in here this summer or Kenyatta Watson at corner coming in. Rod, you've got a chance to be, I don't think I'm out of line when I say this, you've got a chance to be as deep in the secondary as you've been since the national championship. Uh, Just I in terms of pure man-for-man talent. Yeah, uh, in terms of high-end talent and the ceiling for yeah. all these guys. And that's why I think Tyler Lando, they want to play more DB. Like, I'm, they, which, is, which, which is also why you got to cross-train guys. Yeah. Because if I want to get, because I guarantee the, the pitch for getting these guys, you wouldn't be 
keep getting all these great DBs <laughs> if you weren't pitching to them. No, no, all y'all that is play. the pitch. Yeah, we're playing I'm, I'm six talking these guys. Yeah, hell, if Demarvio and Overshawn works out, we're playing seven DBs. We're going Chargers out there. You and know, they're what telling I mean? you so how you're going to be. Yeah, so I I think they're definitely pitching that. But the way you do that is you cross train guys. Demarvio and Overshawn is going to be key, right? Because you know that's the guy you can keep out there all three downs. But depending on the situation, put him at linebacker. Put him at you know. Well, and, at, and if you're working, if you're working BJ Foster in the nickel, this lets you take Demarvio and Overshawn. Okay, you're going to spend this whole spring learning that Joker position. There you go. BJ Foster already knows the Joker position. He knows what to do there. He's good. Fine. Let him learn nickel and now DeMarvin Overshone. And and can you imagine Rod having a safety? I don't know what he's listed at on the depth chart. I haven't looked at the spring roster. That'd be wild, man. But he's got to be 225, 230. He's got to be 220. At least. I mean, I saw him walking around campus uh, a couple weeks ago in his t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, and I'm like, he's got to be 225, 230. And to have Mm -hmm. that guy in your joker position, I mean, you basically got what you had in Jason Hall, but with an, a legitimate NFL-style skill set. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, yeah. I just, so you're talking about taking your lightning package now. That's no longer like, you know, just a sub-package. That no, can, a, once again, be, be a base. base package for you, especially yeah. depending on if you don't like really what you've got at linebacker, boom, run lightning, and you've got DeMarvion Overshone in there who's basically playing like linebacker. And depending on how you how the defensive front works out, if you can get to your steady, you know, three guys, so obviously you want four or five guys you're playing, but if you can get three guys up front who can be Stout and consistent. You get into playing, you know that that three two, uh, that three two six, and then you have your Joker be Demarvio and Overshawn. Your nickel end up being B.J. Foster, Caden Stearns at a safety, and Brandon Jones at a safety. <laughs> Cook at a corner, Jalen Green at a corner. That's nasty. Yeah, no wonder that's that, a nasty secondary yeah. man. There's no matchup. There's no matchup advantage for you as an offensive player. Like you, these days, that's what the offenses are built around, right? Trying to mm-hmm. find the matchup, right? Which matchup is advantageous? Oh, which who's the weakest link? Who's the weakest link? Let's find it and based on your defense yeah, to that. Based on the formation and based on our personnel package, we will be able to boom single out that weak link and then we will expose it over and over again. You're looking at a secondary like that. I guess you can go out to the corners because they're Run the kind of unproven commodities, but I don't think it'll take long for Anthony Cook and Jalen Green they're to not, they're not gonna to lose all those mu- Yeah, you know what I mean? Like those, those guys are natural cover guys. Uh they're kind of like, you know, I remember being a young natural cover guy, like, yeah, test me, please. I one thing I can do is cover. You want to test me as a run support guy? Go right ahead. That's a different discussion. <laughs> as a cover corner, I'll cover damn near anybody out here. If right. I'm just in that kind of situation, that's how Cook and and Green are. So yeah, I think man, if you're looking at, I think that's the goal. Honestly, Jeff, I think yeah. you're right. I think that's what he ultimately wants. That's his dream. I want as I many move. I want to be as as much depth to be able to have yeah. as many chess pieces as I possibly can. Because we've talked about havoc rates. I don't know how much here in the two years under yep. Todd Orlando. And you look at his track record. It's all you know. Typically, it's linebackers that he's had where he's had a lot of success with but I think and we'll talk about B-backer here in a minute but not having that that guy like he had it with Tyus Bowser Houston and B-backer to be able to do different things it's made him shift his focus to where now his versatility is on the back end with these big body long athletic safeties that run mm-hmm. four fives four fours that run like corners okay now this is where I can be versatile is, is taking this lightning package mm-hmm. let's shift it around figure out what I've got I just think he wants as many pieces because let's say you do have an injury to a BJ Foster okay no big deal we can have Kate Stearns play the nickel in some spots plug Chris Brown in the safety who's a veteran guy and boom you're you're not you're not you're not losing anything I think the challenge for Tyler Orlando is going to be the linebacker position yeah you know what I mean I and I, I think the defensive line and and you talked about it your tweet last year about them playing with nine different defensive nine line different versus guys. Georgia yeah. I know they lose three guys but I mean you're still bringing back guys like Malcolm Roach and Taquan Graham who Marcus are ideal Bimmons, yes. Marcus Bimmons coming off shoulder surgery could be yeah. your best two guys two, no, I think might, those are the top two so guys so point is though like counting last year like even when you look at the numbers going into last year people were like oh Malcolm Roach may be the key to this defensive front like and to have him back and then have a guy like Graham that's really big and you know you're talking about the secondaries it made me think like well you know we've seen Texas really struggle stopping these mobile quarterbacks maybe that's what uh, opposing defense or offenses will be deduced to if Texas is secondary is this good so it's like all right, now I need to go look at the Texas quarterbacks in the Big 12 because that can be a big part of the formula to seeing if Texas goes over 10 wins if you don't have a lot of run threats or quarterback run threats the one thing that can beat a good defense yeah. and beat you okay. on every single play. It, I mean, if that's your best option, Texas's defense is in a great well, spot. And that's interesting you bring that up because I think that is highlighting the linebacker point. I mean, that's why Texas, yep. the last two years, that's why they part of the reason they were so unique, right? We find out later that Gary Johnson's a freak of nature and is like the fastest guy on the defense. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We knew that. I was yelling that all and, season. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, my man Matt been on that for, forever. But looking at his track times, people knew that he was a freak, mm-hmm. but not. we didn't know he maintained the speed. <laughs> with the foot.
football frame and everything. Apparently he does. And Malik Jefferson also in that same realm. So for Todd Orlando, I think that's his challenge. Because I agree with Matt. I think teams are going to try to start attacking what's the weakness of the mm-hmm. defense if the defensive line has depth and the secondary is deep and talented. It's a linebacker. Um, and they've done that before, actually, in Attack Texas right there uh, at the linebacker position in different ways. So Oklahoma State do it. Oklahoma State West did Virginia it. I think West did Virginia did it. When, yeah. when your team you know defense I mean? is winning every play, you're sometimes just like, deduced what, to your well, running for the matchup that, that, that you can win at, and that's a matchup where you know you can win in terms of athleticism. So I agree. I think that's where he's going to have to like make his money. He's going to have to work hard during the spring to figure out who are his best linebackers in, in terms of situations and, yeah, with your ideal package. Is, is it the lightning package? Well, then who are your two best guys who basically speed is their biggest assets because that's what you need. Because I don't know if you're going to have you know a, a low 4-5 guy now in your linebacking core. I think Jeffrey McC- you know, you, you don't. You don't. You, you got don't. four. You got four fives and four sixes. You know, and now you haven't had that at Texas. That's a challenge mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve. And I know we can talk about the Gabriel, the Gabriel Floyd speed, but he's a little true freshman. And yeah. in this defense at that position, Rod. Even I mean, you you yeah, play you, you play with a young Derek Johnson, though. and even yeah. as fast and as athletic as he was, there's still times he's, where you're still kind of kind of get your yeah. I think early on he gets to play with D.D. Lewis a little bit, right? He gets to early on to play with guys like Everett Rawls and uh, you know Jones. Tyrone. Jones and so you know what I mean early on I think he gets a chance to play with guys who end up being you know you gotta be a traffic cop you sorting stuff out uh-huh. and then it's organized chaos and right before the snap you still gotta know alignment assignment so I don't know if he's ready for that because Gary Johnson could was that guy yeah. like you, Gary Johnson was that guy and I think you had a bunch of Malik could have been that guy and then you had veteran linebackers at that present so yeah I agree with you it's gonna and be a challenge to get a young guy who can fill that role hopefully that's why you got those veteran safeties who can kind of come down and help be traffic cops and get the defense lined up. Yep, and when you talk about our coach and Stefan identifying the type of players and the tools or ways that they'll be utilized, you know, we the one thing that is unquantifiable when you're talking about play is the mental recognition, and if you're a tenth of a second faster, this way, say, mm-hmm. Quandre Diggs has never been a fast or overly athletic guy, but yeah. that football IQ off the charts can start immediately as a freshman or immediately as a rookie, this because if you mentally diagnose it and are right and are confident and not hesitating and making that decision in that tenth, you being a four six six guy can be a four five guy, and that's you know, and that's where that's the football IQ thing. That if a coach gets that his player gets it, and you're recruiting the right minds, and you're aligning, and you're Belichick, and know exactly what you want, and can read these people, and it's a poker game, and then it's understanding if the kid's smart and gets your scheme. Like there's so many levels to it, but if you can do that, but that's diagnosed that's 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 a Caden Stearns, that's a Derek Johnson, that's a or you know, I mean, a guy that can play. also how he can make yourself faster than no, your it is. Time but speed. I agree with you. But so like that's how Belichick gets those guys, and so it'll be interesting to see if like you know guys what who have that naturally as a yeah. freshman. Mm-hmm. Those are the Derrick yes, Johnson, yes. the Caden Stern, or the Nathan Vashers, mentally, or the Quandre Diggs. Hell, even Rod Babers wasn't as a freshman. I don't think I had yeah. that where I could be Neo in the Matrix and mm-hmm. die. Basically, my four four mm-hmm. was I played at a four three level. I didn't yeah. get to that point till I was a junior. Where if he ran that, if he ran that slant on you that knew. on that. Yeah, you're reading your keys. It, 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 my three step read, he ran that slant. I seen the flare route. I seen it so many times <laughs> that I knew, like, oh, crap. It's like a he's photographic memory. Like, and, I've heard yeah, Andrew like, Luck talk I'm about that. I'm literally running toward it as the quarterback is throwing it and it's going slow yep. motion. Um, yeah, I wasn't so, like that. I wasn't a phenom, though. So, what Jeff is saying is, he don't think any of those linebackers are phenoms. They're not prodigies. Yeah. They're not, you know, Caden Cerns can play at that level and play at that speed he's a phenom. Agreed. He didn't have to naturally develop that football IQ mm-hmm. like Rod B did. Yeah. With, with Coach Aquino, and then I started playing at a faster, a faster mm-hmm. level and a faster rate. I don't know if any of the linebackers were there. And that's just the one Malik thing. was there. That, and that's Malik just, Jefferson, exactly. that well, was a feat. And that's the only prodigy. reason that I pointed yeah. out when we were just said, well, these guys, none of these guys are that fast. And still, though, that can be You're correct. Right, exactly. Yet, they still could maybe yeah. produce better than the, what those times say. Good good that's why, football that's why I'm is. saying about yes. the idea in a player aligning. Totally agree with you. I think linebacker, you know, Rod, some of the guys you mentioned were secondary guys, Caden Stearns and Matt Tarmac, Quandre Diggs. Linebacker to me is a different beast, it and is. I think the thing that made Malik special was the speed. Because even as a young guy, when you're having to take time to diagnose things, how many times we talk about this with Malik and with Gary Johnson? You can take a split second longer to diagnose to make sure your first step's going to be right when because you've got, you've got the recovery speed yeah. to get there. And what did we talk about last year with Anthony Wheeler? Wheeler doesn't have that recovery speed mm-hmm. like those two guys have to get there. I agree. So that to me, I mean, even though you know, I don't know if the, the I've I've seen the Gabriel Floyd. I, I know what he's timed at. I know he's got good speed, but does he have elite speed, elite that elite speed. burst? We've 
that elite to be able to, to to be able to take that extra split second to diagnose it to make yeah. sure you're right, and then you're still not a half step late because no. you're always on you're top even, of the ball. You're even ahead sometimes. Like right. that's how fast Gary Johnson was. He can be like, oh mm-hmm. no, I got this. Have a second behind, and then and within five yards, he's half a step ahead. Yeah, because <laughs> like, football ain't all that. Like watch Slavian Bell yeah. hit a hole. You also it, have it was, to so see what no. And wait. to your point about Derek Johnson, he had veteran linebackers around him. Outside of Jeffrey McCulloch, you have nothing to speak of in terms of on field experience. So I think for Todd Orlando, the challenge is yeah. whatever two inside guys you go with, you're not really going to know how they're going to handle it until they're in the thick of it. Yeah, no, you're right. They got no real like mentorship to kind of help them into that role. Gary Johnson was a JUCO guy coming in, so right. he was already ready to go. And Malik, Which is cool to know. Yeah, exactly. Malik can play a lot of football by the time Malik, the staff got here. I would say, yeah, and Malik, exactly by the time they got here, he already played some football because he started as a true freshman. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Todd Orlando, this is, I agree. I think if there's anything that is going to be his biggest challenge, that's it. Figuring out those two linebackers who fit most in your scheme. Either way, it's going to be two guys. He's not going to play. I mean, he could end up playing. I mean, I will say that in that Georgia game, I mean, but they were deeper in that Georgia game at linebacker. You saw them put three, four linebackers out there at times. Yeah. So, but I think this year you'll see him more with two guys. They'll and find you two could guys. do that too because you're finally starting to see a presence emerge at B-backer, which he hasn't had through his first two years. We yeah. saw it late last year. Guys, with, he's with, recruited to with, play that position. Right, with Joseph Osai yeah. at 6'4", 250 with length that now can take your... Now everybody that's been complaining and whining and hollering and screaming about, why don't you run more four-man fronts? Now you have the ability to do when you've got a guy like Joseph. Well, this is the guy. Well, he and that, I said it's about Todd Orlando too. Another thing about him, since we're you know kind of psychoanalyzing him, this is the first time in in oh man nine ten years where he actually is going to be able to uh, build a defense around guys he recruited. Uh, it's only two guys starting on this defense that he well will be starting on this defense. We don't know who's going to start yet, but that he didn't recruit, and that'll be Brandon Jones and Malcolm Roach. Gerald Wilborn probably. Gerald Wilborn, I guess you can. So, put but three, okay, three. Yeah, yeah, three, three, yeah, three of the eleven. Well, exactly, and I don't know who's going to start, but as I was like, I don't know if Jared Wilburn's going to start. Well, I think you're so You know what I mean? Like, I think there's two starting de- defensive linemen. I two of them will Malcolm Roach and one's going to be Taquan Graham. I don't know who the third one's going to be. I know Brandon Jones is going to start. Well, I think now I know Malcolm it, Roach is going to start. We don't know what the deal is with Keandre Coburn's kidney issues that's keeping him off the practice field yeah, right now. That's, that's and I just think at, at nose, Rod, you know how that's that true. world no, is. You're right. You probably you want a veteran beast. guy. You probably want a veteran guy. There. I agree with that, too. So, but it, it, that's been be in the three. fight. Then it's still, but it'd be the most that he's had since his time going back to UConn. But the good part is, like you just pointed out, a lot of these guys are specifically picked, tailored to play certain roles in whatever his ideal scheme is. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, I mentioned Joseph Osai. Everything I've heard talking to people behind the scenes, it really sounds like they're primed, at least inside the Moncrief Man, complex, like they're him. primed for him to be kind of the yeah. next breakout star in this program. Rob, we're finishing up talk with defense, and we'll hit more on this as we go spring practice. You know, I think the, the Georgia game, especially when you've got LSU game two, I think that's a preview of what's to come because while you don't have the presence you have with Charles Amenahu, we I think that Georgia game was a preview of what's to come because I don't know that you're going to have you know that that no doubt first round type guy on the defense line. I think again, I think Todd Orlando wants yeah. a bunch of Taquan Grams that are like six three, six four with length yep. that can play <clears throat> multiple shades. And I you start looking you. at ends, your starting guys right now are Graham and Roach, and then your second group, I believe it was Bimage and why am I drawing a blank here? Uh, Bimage, Jacoby Jones is in that mix. Mm. Uh, Moro Ojimo was on that Ojimo. second line. Yeah, so I mean, you're talking about being what right off the bat, probably five, six deep at defensive yeah. end. Already? See, that's why I think you're you're around the money. He he just wants a bunch of Malcolm Roaches and Taquan Grams. That way, it's just like no, I just got five, six D linemen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. It, what I mean? got seven and DBs, he, and, but he still got two like no like old school nose tackles. He still got two of those guys that can play at least two guys that can play that. Like yeah. and, and then nine Gary Johnsons, and that's Keandre Colbert, <laughs> and that's you know what I mean? Like he's got so I, I can kind of see what he's going towards and it makes perfect sense to and me. you even got now you've got guys like a Daniel Carson or like a Jamori Chisholm who you know even though Chisholm I don't think is going to be a starting caliber guy but he's a good depth guy mm-hmm. but you take a guy like Carson who at 300-305 he can play nose now yeah. if you want to go a little like NASCAR type package now you can yeah exactly right yeah no I agree I think he he wants guys and you pointed out several times multiple shades just give me a guy that can play more than one shade I don't want a guy that's specific because then I don't get any value out yeah. if I got a guy who's just a five tech he doesn't mean no good. It does nothing for him. Yeah, that versatility is what he values on the defensive line. I, I think that's starting to become a common theme all throughout his And you're seeing that with the guys they recruit, too. Yeah, you no know, doubt. The Tavondre Sweats and the yeah. Peter Pudgies of the world. And that's what you need in the Big 12, specifically. The, and that's what surprises about the Georgia game. Because, like, okay, yeah, building that, as you pointed out, building that for the Big 12, you know, that's fine. And people have done that successfully. Gary Patterson's of the world. And, you know, obviously Texas has done that, too. But can you do that and also be able to translate it to go beat an Ohio State 
and a, and a Georgia and a you know what I mean and Alabama and yeah. that's the key and he and they did it yesterday. I mean, sorry, last year. Yeah, that's you know this is more bigger picture, but I think when you're looking at you know what Tom Herman's building and not that he's following this blueprint, but the more I think about it, the more I, I really wish that 2014 TCU team would have gotten playoff because I think when you look at how they were built, yeah, and, and it, it, maybe it's not the blueprint anymore because like we talk about the Big Twelve is changing. There's less air raid influence in the it league. Is. Yeah, that 2014 TCU team, Rod, they were built for the best of both worlds. They could win in the Big Twelve against an Art Bryles Baylor offense or against a Texas Tech or against yeah. you know an Oklahoma State. While at the same time, we saw what they did to Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, they can play slobber knocking football. If I'm not mistaken, I believe and maybe the last like top ten defense. Big I think it is. Too. Yeah, I want to say that's the last time they had a top ten. Defense, I think they were which top is just unreal. They to were think like bare. They were like number nine or something like I, that. I want to say they were like top fifteen. I think in run total defense, yards. total the end scoring. Yeah, I want to say in score, at least scoring defense is what I'm talking about. I think just well, maybe I'm off about that. Maybe it's a top fifteen, but they were the, one of the last elite defenses in the Big Twelve. You want to call? You want to say elite, which is what top I'm, fifteen, I'm top twelve? It up right There's now. the last elite defense. I think the Big Twelve yeah, has numer- numbers one. just screw over Big Twelve yeah. teams. Like you, when you're comparing them to just the, the Big East crap that they no stuff. So whenever I had always hear that this is the worst no, defensive right best, that. it's like no, we're in the best offensive in terms conference. of play punch in per context play, to it. Still, no what doubt. you're facing is so Let's optimal see, compared to TCU. TCU's defense in 2014, uh, total defense 18, Very run really run defense ninth, nice. pass efficiency defense ninth, scoring yeah. defense that's elite. Eight. Hey, hey. Yeah. okay, so they were top ten. That, yeah. That's elite yeah. in the Big Twelve yeah. in 2014. Yeah, the best defense <laughs> in the nation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, uh, you were number two in the country yeah. in scoring offense and yeah. eight in the country in scoring defense. I agree with you right there. You right on the money, man. Like that's yeah. the best defense <laughs> in the country if you consider context. Yes, of what put them in the SEC East or in the Big East or something like that. That's a great point. I agree with you on this. I think they probably could have beaten an SEC team. But I think that's the old blueprint. And does Tom Herman now have the new blueprint to win in the league? When you look at the influence, what I think we're going to see from Matt Wells, what I think we're going to see from Neil Brown, with Matt, Matt Rule, Rule in this league, with Matt, Matt Campbell. Campbell in this league, yeah. with freaking Les Miles in this <laughs> league. Les Miles is back. Get about yeah. that. Yeah. Did y'all see he was Does Tom Herman movie? now have the new blueprint where, okay, yeah. we're malleable enough on offense to be whatever we want, but we're still going to win this with defense, special teams, and being able to run the ball whenever the hell so we strange. want. Still an offensive league, but now just a different offensive philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It's so weird the way it, it changed almost overnight, too. It's like done. But, <laughs> all right. Break time on the show, but more spring football talk on the other side as we wrap this thing up and put it in the oven and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 7575. That's promo code 7575 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. (laughs) How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping now that's a bed with benefits it'll make me feel better than you ever could break up with your old mattress and get with purple today and right now get a hundred dollars off the purchase of a mattress when you text nice to 84888 yes a hundred dollars off but only when you text nice to 84888 that's n-i-c-e to 84888 message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month tnc and privacy policy found at purple.com slash tnc reply help for help or stop to cancel And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier, had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec, it's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. 
Right now, get your first month supply for free. All you pay is just $5 for your medical consultation when you go to 4hems.com slash play. After that, it's just 30 bucks for a month's supply. Sure beats paying big bucks for just one blue pill, doesn't it? Plus, you won't need an awkward in-person doctor's appointment to get the prescription. Hims has doctors online who can prescribe the medication, and a pharmacy sends it right to your door. It's affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To get your first order for just five bucks, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hims.com slash play. That's 4hims.com slash play for your first month for just five bucks for hymns.com slash play prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate see website for full details and caller number nine for one million dollars rita complete this quote life is like a box of oh i know this one uh you're cutting out rita we need your answer Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number 10. Oh, Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 4 First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one line to port in. Video stream set up to 480p+. Music it up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming it up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricting supply. See dealer for details. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. <laughs> How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping now that's a bed with benefits it'll make me feel better than you ever could break up with your old mattress and get with purple today and right now get a hundred dollars off the purchase of a mattress when you text nice to 84888 yes a hundred dollars off but only when you text nice to 84888 that's n-i-c-e to 84888 message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month tnc and privacy policy found at purple.com slash tnc reply help for help or stop to cancel Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, we're going to have plenty of spring practice to talk about all the way up through the spring game, and then I'm sure we'll talk about it this summer. And uh, Football never leaves us. That's, right, That's why we can do the Blitz here now. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260, streaming on the Horn app at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcast, and you can find our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.